I sold to the company store. There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. Abraham Kuyper was a worldview thinker that helped to, to put things in perspective for us as we try to bring all of life under the Lordship of Christ. And today, our featured guest, Mark Mayhew, is someone who passionately believes that we should think about being a Christian and live it out, not just in a, in a vacuum of thought or away from culture, but in a way that interacts with every aspect of life. Mark led the Reframe Project at uh, Regent College, which we're about to hear more about. I also invite you to visit our website, hillcountryinstitute.org. We have online resources for your use, including video and audio of past programs, uh, people like Eugene Peterson and Walter Bradley and Oz Guinness and John Burke and many others. And if you might consider a donation to help pay for these programs, we would be most appreciative. So back to our guest, Mark Mayhew. Thank you again for being with us. Thank you, Larry. It's wonderful to be with you. Well, Mark, last time we, we at the end of the last session, you know, I think we were in the slew of despair. Uh, <laughs> you were you were thinking about the difficulties. You'd, you'd been to Regent College for a year. You were you were getting your thoughts together about what it meant to be a, a, a Christian in the world. But then back in the in the place where you tried to apply things, uh, it, it wasn't uh, maybe as easy as, as it had been to write about it and think about it, was it? No, it wasn't. And uh, that was a big shock to me and uh, really sort of created a sort of bit of a crisis around my vacation and work. And, you know, I almost started to think, you know, maybe maybe the better thing to do is just become a pastor or a missionary. And, uh, and those are wonderful uh, vocations. Uh, but somehow I just thought that, you know, maybe being in the marketplace was, was, was sort of too compromised. Um, and that was the, the sort of the, the question that I returned to Regent uh, towards uh, my third year. And um, one of the things when I was back there is that uh, I really felt that sort of God challenged me through my classes to, to ask a question, which was, you know, are the, are the actual sort of the questions that people in the workplace are asking in terms of how to do work and uh, how to be productive, are those, are those bad questions? And um, I thought, well, no, they're, they're important questions. We need an economy. We need businesses. We need organizations to work well, to work efficiently, uh, to be strategic. And so I really felt challenged uh, that he was saying, well, how, how can you be a part of uh, redeeming that area how you know even if it is you know you feel compromised what does it mean for you to be in that environment and actually to be my representative to um, be someone that is trying to think differently um, that out of um, the the gospel narrative out of thinking about the the principles of the kingdom um, in that place and to come up with solutions and ways forward um, that actually lead more to sort of kingdom outcomes and kingdom impact you know, th- thinking back into Genesis, uh, I-, I think sometimes, it, even even if it's not a fully formed thought, we tend to think that, that work is the result of the fall. And there was work before the fall. So it's part, it's part of the whole process of thinking that work in itself is a good thing, that God made us to till the garden. And in a broader sense, that means he made us to work in the environment that you were in. And yet, because of the fall, that work became more difficult, and the, and the, and the whole system, the processes, the people, everything uh, is, is tainted, if you will, by, this, by the stain of the fall. And so that was what you were working out, wasn't it? 
Uh, absolutely. And, um, and Larry, it's, it's that, that transformational shift of, of seeing my work out of a Genesis 1 lens rather than completely out of a Genesis 3 was, was really probably the biggest change for me. Um, and obviously Genesis 3 still exists. <laughs> um, uh, work is still a challenge. But being able to re-see my, my work and my vocation uh, in light of what God originally intended um, moved me to um, start to ask the Lord, okay, so... You know, what does it mean to do this in a kingdom way? What does it mean to sort of redeem the, the small area of uh, whatever organization or whatever activity that I'm involved in? What, what might that look like? Sure. Yeah, and there's, a, there's another aspect, too. I mean, there's, there's the sense of, of a, an environment that we're in before the Lord returns. And if we're helping to bring order out of chaos and you do your work well and your company thrives – it helps human flourishing, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, Larry. Yeah, the, 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 you know that we, and, and that in itself is a witness. Uh, not only is it the way we were originally intended um, to uh, be part of uh, making flourishing happen in the world, creativity. Um, I love the theologian talks about you know God gave us the vision of the garden. Um, uh, the Garden of Eden, and our task was, to, as it were, to expand that garden throughout the whole the whole of the planet. That you know that, and I think that that's a metaphor. That you know that yeah, he didn't just provide us just with a completed work, but he gave us this wonderful task that we could be part of the creativity of cultivating um, through our work and through our imaginations and uh, through art and music, uh, this sort of image of, a, of a, a whole Garden of Eden around the planet. And, and I think uh, it's a wonderful uh, image for how we think about our work. Um, and, and for me, it's been very motivating, in, you know, in, in amongst the challenges. Um, but thankfully, that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit um, <laughs> to help us <laughs> in the midst of the challenges. Sure. Yeah. Some, our, our teacher, our, our comforter, uh, and it's all needed as we go forward, isn't it? Absolutely. And, um, you know, th- thankfully, Jesus just didn't leave us on our own when, uh, when he left. Um, <laughs> he, yeah. he said specifically he would give us the Holy Spirit to help us, which is wonderful. Yeah. So... In your in your story, you went you you had a you know a, a year of you had a leave from your profession, and then you had a leave from your time at Regent, and and then you went back to Regent. So in that in that context, then some some more things happened to you uh, in the sense of getting deeper into the program, and then you became very involved as a leader at Regent with the Marketplace Institute and something called Reframe came about. So t- take us through that that process, if you will. Yeah, so, you know, my, my personal journey that I've been describing was very much trying to understand, you know, how my life and my gifts could be part of uh, what God was doing in the world. And um, as I don't know about you, Larry, but I'm one of those people that when I discover something that has been so helpful to me, you know, you always want to sort of share it with others and say, you know, maybe, maybe this could help someone else. And I had a lot of uh, friends um, who were asking similar questions to me about their sort of their faith and integration with their life. And um, I had an opportunity. I was um, 
I was continuing you know, in my work in sort of consulting and uh, had this opportunity to go and work at Regent, so to go back to Regent and work in something called the Marketplace Institute, uh, which was really um, out of a desire for Regent to say, how can we uh, not only equip students here through our degree programs, but how could we equip churches and Christians where they are? So not just that they have to come here to do classes and, and degrees, but actually how could we uh, resource people where they are in these questions of, of faith with the integration of, of all of life. And so um, it was a fascinating opportunity, got the opportunity to go back, uh, work in a team, and really sort of start to develop resources um, that could help people um, around this question. Well, and there's a there's really a, a great movement in the body of Christ with uh, you know what uh, Tim Keller and the, and the Institute at Redeemer, uh, the Washington Institute, and it just goes on and on. People who are trying to to integrate faith and work in so many different ways. So it, it's really exciting to think about the Holy Spirit moving in multiple areas with multiple people, and and, and then drawing it together in a, in a way in, in some of the work that you you were. Uh, privileged to be a part of there at uh, at Regent College. Yeah, some wonderful uh, resources, some wonderful groups out there, and I, I think that you're absolutely right, Larry. That I think God is is, is stirring uh, the body of Christ, the church, to to be involved in more areas of life. I think that um, uh, over the you know over the last few decades, uh, I think sometimes we've we've we haven't had a vision for all areas of life, particularly what we sometimes think of secular. And I think God is encouraging us to actually see that He wants us to be involved there, and that everyone can be involved in the mission. Of God, mm-hmm. yeah, I was. Uh, I have a bit of a similar experience with um, becoming a Christian, and and about all you know, a couple of years after I'd uh, come to faith, there were people who introduced me to C.S. Lewis and to Francis Schaeffer, and and things just haven't been the same since then. Uh, I spent a couple of weeks at a Labrie conference in Atlanta, and and uh, Dr. Schaeffer was there, and you know, here was this great intellect, a man who had. Who had had written so well, and he he was di- he was dying. He had he had taken chemotherapy, and uh, but he had come early to this conference so that he could march with uh, pro life attorneys in downtown Atlanta, and uh, and it just it, it kind of that that act turned things upside down for me in a way because it wasn't just something to study, it wasn't something to think about. It, it helped me to see that we were we were to be active in living out our faith, and and. Monday morning was just as important as Sunday morning. So uh, there, there are there are kind of these epiphanies, aren't there? Yeah, they they really change the whole way you live. It's uh, it's amazing. So you're you're back at Regent College, and you're you're are you, what are you? So tell us a little bit more about the Marketplace Institute, and and then how did Reframe uh, come into being? Yeah, so in our work at the Market Institute, we were the Marketplace Institute. We were looking at different you know, ways in which we could equip people who are asking these questions around uh, sort of vocation, culture, you know, how to integrate, uh, whether they're sort of in business or economics, uh, questions related to science, the environment. And so we did a variety of things. Uh, we did some conferences. We put together some uh, resources. Uh, we would also go and facilitate groups, sort of work more directly with groups who are working on this, um, as well as obviously working with others um, you know we mentioned people like Tim Keller and the Redeemer Network um, who are doing uh, this type of work really to sort of promote a bigger vision of the gospel and in our work there um, we 
we realized that a lot of people were saying, you know, is there a curriculum that we could do in small groups that would sort of help us have these types of conversations, um, but would, would sort of bring us some teaching uh, from some of these wonderful people that you've sort of referenced and, uh, you know, who are around the country, around the world, who are thought leaders and theologians in this space. And we... Um, uh, you know, one way of doing that is a book study, of course, and there are there are some fine books out there. And we just so happened to be drawn to the idea of doing a video series. Um, I was I was sort of fascinated by the idea of a video series because we could actually involve many voices uh, through you know interviews, and also we could go out and actually get real life stories of um, people on the ground, um, you know, teachers and uh, business people, um, you know, all sorts of areas of life, artists, and find out, you know, what were the questions they're asking and then how has this bigger vision of life reframed their sense of, of vocation. And so we teamed up with the Washington Institute, um, Steve Garber, uh, was uh, instrumental in sort of helping us move this forward. And uh, over a series of two years, uh, we produced a 10-part series um, really on this, it's called Reframe, really on this question of, you know, how does the gospel narrative uh, reframe my whole understanding of, uh, of faith and culture? And so we were sort of delighted uh, with it. Many people were involved. Um, people gave generously with their time. And uh, it came out at the end of uh, 2015. So it's pretty it's pretty new on the market at this time. That's great. So you 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 somehow or another, you know, and I think I think it's the Holy Spirit again that you you would want to give uh, give credit to. You were you were able to draw on a tremendous network. Who who were some of the the speakers and groups that were involved with you? Yeah, it was it was really a privilege. I, I actually got the opportunity to actually go around and interview all these people with the camera crew, so it was, it was a wonderful experience for me. Uh, we had the opportunity to interview um, many people who uh, teach at Regent, um, whether it's people like uh, J.I. Packer, Eugene Peterson, uh, Jim Houston, and uh, some of the current faculty there, uh, Rick Watts, uh, Ian Proven, all experts in their sort of different fields. And then we got to uh, go out and uh, interview people like Andy Crouch, um, who uh, is the you know, well-known in this space and the uh, executive editor of Christianity Today, um, to also talk to our friends at the Redeemer uh, in terms of uh, their work there at the Institute. Um, we got to interview theologians like Scott McKnight, um, and uh, it was really a, a wonderful process, as well as I you know, got the opportunity to interview people in, uh, in Hong Kong um, and uh, different areas of the world. So really sort of, it's, it's not just a, so it really is a global conversation that's happening at the moment. Moment, which is uh, is very exciting. So, in the in the course of you, you have you said ten sections or ten, mm-hmm. uh, and they're about what forty minutes long, thirty minutes long. Yeah, it's designed that um, you could do it in an evening, uh, sort of 10, 10 evenings over the course of a few months, where you could sort of gather a group together of about 10 people, and uh, you watch a, a um, uh, this video, uh, which is about 35 minutes long, and then there is, uh, there's questions, uh, sort of facilitated discussion guide. Uh, there's a leader guide and a participant guide, where uh, then the group can uh, sort of 
have conversations around the content and to ask more questions and follow up. And it really sort of takes you through these questions um, uh, actually by going through the whole sort of story of the Bible from sort of creation to Israel to the life and death and resurrection of Jesus through to the church and even looking at the new heavens and new earth and, and how does that impact how we live today. So it's a really exciting course and is this combination of, of videos and an opportunity to have conversations. What are a few, a few of the key ideas that, that come out uh, as one goes through the reframe uh, course? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, some of the um, ideas that we have already touched on, I think a critical one is uh, understanding, you know, w- what is this thing around uh, Genesis 1 and, and Genesis 3? And actually, ha- why, why did God make us in the first place? You know, sort of who is God? It's an interesting thing about, um, you know, the topic of work is that actually we first discover that God works, which is, is fascinating, and he describes himself as a worker throughout the Bible. So often, you know, the course looks at, you know, who, who is God and who are we and what does faith look like in the modern world? And, um, you know, it looks at this question of, uh, you know, why did God make us? Um, it also looks at the question of, um, some of us feel there's a hierarchy of vocation in the sort of, as Christians, that some jobs and some vocations seem more uh, spiritual than others and so we look at that and we ask that question you know does the bible actually um suggest a hierarchy and um i actually think the bible doesn't that we're all made individually and uniquely and we're all part of a body uh which is is a wonderful thing and so all of our vocations uh, come into sort of the tapestry of what god is doing in the world or or can do if we allow him to draw us in and then i think the third a third key idea um you know, in, in, is is what does it mean to then be in the world? And um, uh, so often we, you know, we do feel this pressure when we're in the world because we often feel like we don't really fit. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, Larry, of sort of not fitting. Oh, not not more than daily, I think. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me let me share a quote from from Paul Williams. Uh, Paul Paul Williams is a research professor in marketplace theology and leadership. He's one of the speakers, and he said, uh, "We have a deep desire to live authentically with integrity. We desire to respond to God's call on us as human beings to be His image bearer in creation. Jesus Christ calls us to be in the world, but not of the world, but to be a blessing to the world by not conforming to it." But in the midst of life's complexities, pressures, and confused voices, it's so easy to fall into one or two temptations. Assimilation, where we become indistinguishable from the culture, or we live in a Christian ghetto and we become irrelevant. So there's there's really two sides to, to how we can, if you will, miss the boat, aren't there? Yeah, definitely. I think I think that quote says it well, that um, I think because we feel like we don't fit— um, you know, we either, um, we sort of want to withdraw. If you remember, like in my own story, I felt like I was compromised. So I felt like I had to go somewhere where mm-hmm. I didn't feel as compromised. Um, and that for me was, you know, maybe taking the job of, you know, like a pastor. Um, or, you know, we, we tend to just take on the values of the culture around us. Um, and, and that's that assimilation. And I think that, you know, in Reframe, uh, you know, we pick up on this idea that Paul talks about. Uh, well, first of all, Peter um, in First Peter 1 affirms that we, we, in some ways, we always are exiles and strangers. He calls us exiles and strangers. And so in some ways, it always affirms this sense that we, in some ways we don't fit. And we, we, maybe we just have to get comfortable with that. I, I struggle with that. But, um, you know, maybe we have to get comfortable. 
But Paul brings in this idea, which I found so helpful, and we use it in, in Reframe as a sort of a key idea, is the idea of the ambassador. And the interesting thing about an ambassador is on, on one level, they don't fit. So mm-hmm. um, they don't fit in that home culture. They're actually from somewhere else in some ways. But they're not there accidentally. So some of us feel like we don't fit and therefore, you know, we shouldn't be where we are. Whereas an ambassador is someone that doesn't fit, but is actually sent with purpose. Um, and they, they have a sense of calling and mission uh, to be in a place that doesn't fully reflect, um, you know, what they're, what they the values of their home culture, as it were. And, and we developed this idea in Reframe of what does it mean to be an ambassador and how do we equip ourselves? You know, and that, that was the thing that I struggled with when I went back to the marketplaces. I had the vision of an ambassador, but I, wasn't, I didn't know how to be equipped. And so that's something that Reframe looks at. Like, what are the skills of an ambassador? Like, how do we think of ourselves as being ambassadors for Christ in that work of reconciliation, wherever God's placed us? Sure, and that's and that's where the pastor can't go. He can't. He, how could you have brought a pastor into your office? Um, how many law firms or accounting firms or uh, yard service groups, whatever it may be, want a pastor? That it needs to be that ambassador who's there. And so you're you're really dealing with equipping, encouraging, building up the people to live their faith wherever God has placed them, right? Absolutely. I think, you know, I think God's strategy is, 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 is genius, which obviously is no surprise because he's God. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's made us all differently. And then we're, we're all in different parts of society. And, and you know, even I, I have no idea, you know, what it would be like to be a lawyer or to be managing a gas station or, you know, and so I don't know what it would look like to be an ambassador in those places. But I believe that, you know, as a community, if we envision each other to that and, and through conversation and prayer and seeking God, that people can come up with ideas for how does it mean to bring more of Christ to those places so that, you know, if someone comes into a gas station, they feel like something different about this gas station, you know, it sort of is a, a relief to my day, as it were. And I, I don't know what that looks like, but I believe that, you know, God has, has made everyone in the church so talented and gifted that I believe that, you know, that he wants to unleash that creativity and talent to really benefit society and culture. Sure. And that and that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll become CEO of their organization or or uh, prosper uh, financially in a, in a great way, but it means that where God places them, they can flourish and make a contribution and uh, help to keep the order of the system going, help to, help to show creativity, show God's love, show God's heart, uh, irrespective of where they are in this, in this broad and varied and, and sometimes crazy economic system that we live in today. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, Larry, because I think um, sometimes we all feel that I can't create change until I'm the one in charge. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I think that that sort of we I, I think that I have a lot of sympathy for that view. But actually, it's really, you know, we all have some sphere of influence. And I remember a story of someone who, you know, they just had a cubicle in an in a office full of cubicles. You know, you see those offices and you think, well, who am I that I can, you know, bring change to the world? I just work in a little cubicle. I'm not the CEO. I'm not, you know, I'm not the governor. Um, but um, actually, I think that 
God gives us influence in many different places, and it's about stewarding that influence. And, and this person decided, like, well, how do I think about how to make my cubicle a very welcoming and hospitable place? Um, because that really reflects a, a huge part of who God is. God is incredibly hospitable to us. And um, so they just, they just redesigned their cubicle just to make it a little bit more hospitable so that when people would come, they would feel welcome. And so I think everyone can be part of what God is doing. And, uh, you know, the Bible's full of stories of very ordinary, um, very seemingly small people in the world making a huge difference. And actually, you know, I believe that when we see the true story of history, you know, uh, that actually it'll be, it'll be many people who are, who are very ordinary who are actually making the difference. Sure. Yeah, it helps me to, to, to think about Andy Crouch's idea in his book on power, where each of us have power. Each of us have influence in an area. And how do we use that influence in the best possible way? How do I relate to my to my wife or my wife-to-be? Uh, how do I build that relationship? How do I build other relationships? It's all part of a, of a process and ongoing work on our part, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, uh, I think actually Andy touches on some of those topics in Reframe. <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Certainly. Well, Mark, if uh, someone wants to get a uh, hold of the Reframe information, find out more about it, what's the website? Yeah, so the best place is the website, and it's uh, www.reframecourse, all one word, dot com. So that's reframecourse.com. And uh, there are trailers. Uh, there are some episodes that you can stream. You can look at some of the resources. Um, they also have additional resources for different topics. So it's all there. And uh, you can also go through and you can either order a, um, a hard copy DVD version or you can download a digital version. And it's also in, in Spanish and French uh, subtitles. And by the end of the year, we're hoping also Mandarin and Korean. Excellent. Well, I can say we in Bueno, but I, I believe I'm lost on Mandarin, so we'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> won't even try. But uh, you know, uh, Mark, it's it, it's great to have you with us, and it's wonderful to hear about these things. Would you just say a brief prayer for people who are who are in the body of Christ and trying to bring these things together? I would, yeah, I'd be delighted. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would. Um, encourage each one of us today, wherever we are, in whatever vocation we're in, uh, whatever stage of life, wherever you've placed us, that you would uh, come and encourage each one of us, that you would affirm our identity in you, that we are secure and loved by you, and that you have a purpose and a vision for our lives, and that we can participate as a community in the mission of what you are doing. And I pray that each person would be encouraged uh, today who's listening, and that they had a, have a great greater revelation of your majesty, your splendor, of what you're doing in the world. Help us not to be discouraged by all the brokenness and all the challenges we see in the world. Help us to not be intimidated, but to be a people who are courageous, uh, who are willing to love and to step forward to be a part of bringing your flourishing and your blessing uh, in the world. So I pray for my brothers and sisters today, Lord, that you would uh, bless the work of their hands and that you would help them in all their things today as we seek to see you glorified in our lives. Amen. Uh, thank you, Mark. Bless you. Our guest today has been Mark Mayhew, who led the Reframe Project at Regent College. 
Uh, it's it's wonderful work. It's so consistent with what we try to uh, promote and encourage people to do at the Hill Country Institute. So uh, if you're looking for a study, if you're looking to try to figure out how to put it all together, I encourage you to use the reframe asset. So thank you again for joining us today for Hill Country Institute Live. Uh, we invite you to visit our website, hillcountryinstitute.org, and enjoy the resources there. Uh, we also ask you to consider a gift to support uh, this ministry and this work. Again, we thank you for being with us for Hill Country Institute Live, and please share the heart and mind of Christ with those around you. Bless you. Good day. If you see me coming, better step aside. A lot of men didn't, a lot of men died. One fist of iron, the other of steel. If the right one don't get you, then the left one will. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me, cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store.